Hey friends, welcome to the Kingdom Movement Leadership Podcast, where you can be equipped and inspired to grow and maximize your influence as a leader. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Thank you for joining us this week. Uh, We're going to be talking about leadership, talking about longevity, talking about building it for the long haul. And I am so excited this week. We have our dear friend, uh, mentor, coach, uh, pastor, prophet, Adam Morris with us all the way from Florida. He's been a great friend to our ministry. He's been a great friend to our church. So excited to have you, Adam, with us this week. Thank you for joining us. It's always a pleasure, Roman. And, um, you know, we're, we're talking about leadership. And in that context, uh, you know, the Bible says in third John that I I pray that you will prosper even as your soul prospers. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's talk about longevity and how you see that Adam and, um, how do we build correctly with wisdom and make sure that it's not just something we're doing now, but it's remaining. That's good. So, Something that that has been important to us, uh, to me and my wife, Catherine the Great, we were missionaries in Russia, and there was such a fatherless, it was known as the most fatherless country in the world for a while. And we've noticed that we were teaching on things like traits of an orphan or traits for a son, that um, one of the things that comes into play, one of the traits that we see one way or the other is the ability to think long term. And that if you can't think long-term, usually it's connected with fear, a fear of the future, um, an inability to see past tomorrow. There are all these things kind of coupled, coupled together with that. And so um, like when we were doing things like teaching on the Father's love, teaching on the prophetic, people began like hearing God's voice. They would, they would do awesome things. They would grow in the Lord in all these different ways. But they had no hope for the future. And so we realized that until we really struck at that worldview and, and showed them the Father's love and, and, and brought sort of an inner peace and inner hope to them, that they weren't going to be able to be able to process beyond what they could do today in ministry. So it's almost like, um, like the, these people with um, uh, short-term memory issues where every day they wake up and it's the first day all over again. It's like Groundhog Day all mm. over and over again. And that if you don't have, um, if you can't think long-term, you end up in that kind of situation day to day, but a sort of a fearful version of that. Because you wake up and you think like, what can, I, what can I change for the Lord? And maybe you plan six months in advance for your vacation or, you know, some, yeah. or a cool conference or something like that. But that's about the extent that you really um, plan things out. And so we, we realized, like, not just in Russia, but even here in the States, when we're teaching on things like the Father's love and the prophetic and all these different things, we need to do our best to instill a hopeful view so that when they stand up to prophesy, they can see what the Lord's saying, not just about who this person is now, but like, not just who Roman is now, but who Roman's going to be in five years, in 20 years. Mm. And very often we realize, like, if you... If you're not prophesying to that stuff, it's because you don't expect it to happen in the first place. And so if I don't think we'll be around in 20 years, getting into kind of end times thinking and everything kind of connected with that, 
if I don't think we can even be around in 20 years, why would I prophesy about what you're going to be doing <laughs> right. at that time? Because you're, we're not going to exist. We're not going to be here. Jesus is going to come back or whatever. So I, we realized basically like in times teaching um, in a fearful way, I'm not, I'm not dogging any kind of particular view, but when it's coupled with fear, when it's coupled with an orphan spirit, an orphan mentality that um, uh, people weren't able to think past the next six months, maybe a year out. So when I ask them, if I ask them now, like what's your plan for 2030 and where the church is going, they would have no grid for even how to start to imagine that in their minds. Mm-hmm. So that's something we're kind of working through as a ministry. So just kind of having foresight as we build now to, to have kind of almost like a greater end result in mind. Um, yeah. Uh, what's the thought process there? Like how, how would that look like? you know, in a practical daily life for you? So for me, uh, a lot of it comes when I'm interpreting um, a practical example. Let me think. When when I hear about the news, when I hear about um, situations around me, nationally, internationally even, um, I can gauge, uh, a good gauge for kind of where my hope is, is what, how much fear it brings over me, whatever, whatever this news might be. Even if it's, it's terrible and tragic news, if my world is shaken and I can't think about a future where the kingdom is still advancing, then that's a good indicator in my mind that, hey, I'm off somewhere and I've lost hope as a foundation, as an anchor mm-hmm. for my soul, as an anchor for my mind. That's good. And um, it's, Catherine and I love these, these verses, like a righteous man leaves inheritance for his children's children. And there's, uh, in, in Proverbs as well, it says, um, the woman of wisdom in Proverbs 31, the one we all quote when we want to, you know, mm-hmm. when we're single and we're declaring over our future wives, and all this, I'm going to marry Proverbs 31 woman. It says that she looks to the future and laughs. Oh, wow. So, if a righteous man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, a righteous woman um, looks to the future and laughs, then what right do I have as a leader, as a pastor, an apostle, a prophet, a teacher, whatever it might be, what, what um, right do I have as a leader to cut that short in people mm. by just assuming whether it's World War III or somebody taking over or, or the return of Christ, which may be tomorrow, but but I can't build like it may be tomorrow. I have mm-hmm. to work like it may be, but I can't I can't build that way. And so I like to check my heart regularly and make sure that I am able to imagine five, ten years in the future. And if the Lord comes before then, so be it. If stuff is blown up around me before then, so be it. But that's not gonna stop me from being who I am called to be in the Lord. Wow, that's so good. What about you though? How do you? Well, I, I, this scripture came to mind as you were speaking, 40, Isaiah 46, verse 10, and I'll, I'll read it from the Amplified. Declaring the end and the result from the beginning. Hmm. And this is the Lord. And from ancient times, the things which have not yet been done, saying, my purpose will be established and I will do all that pleases me and fulfills my purpose. Hmm. And so even the Lord, when, when we think about leadership and ministry and building together with the Lord on the earth, you know, that perspective of the, the kingdom on earth, 
Mm-hmm. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think it also points to having that understanding and perspective um, of the end result, mm. you know? And so to me, I think having that view, it's almost like I, sh- I shared a little bit with you about, you know, I always think about the end of my life. Mm-hmm. You said like the last day. Yeah, the actually. last day. Fascinating. It's almost like I'm standing in the last day of my life and that helps me navigate the present moment. Hmm. You know, they say that failure is not the hardest thing to live with. It's, it's regret. Hmm. You know, it's, it's when you're, it's when you're, you know, 70 and you're thinking, what if, what if I obeyed God? What if I, what if I said yes when I was 20 and I had that burning word in my heart? Hmm. What, what if I, what if I risked it? Like, what if I took that step? And so that idea of like regret is a lot heavier than the idea of failure. Oh my goodness. And so, so just learning to steward our time, understanding like all of us have an expiration date. Yeah. No matter how gifted we are, this is not a glorified body. You know, I'm going to die unless the Lord comes in our time. But like, I'm not going to stay in this body I'm going to have a new glorified body. So this body has an expiration date. Hmm. And, um, you know, it makes you value time. And, and I think having the right end result helps you build correctly in the present. That's good. Uh, so for me, it's that kind of thinking pattern. I think about what would matter uh, on that last day. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah, it, you're, you're um, involved in business, and I know you've got a heart to see the kingdom come in the business world and all these other spheres as well. And we talked about like Seven Mountains thinking where you have like the education sphere and, and business and government and all this stuff. Um, I'll bring it closer so they can hear me well. Mm-hmm. Very good. So um, you've got a heart for these things. And, and so like if we talk about like having a kingdom view, and especially for leaders who are wanting to develop more in that thinking, you do th- begin to see, if you, if you move from church thinking to kingdom thinking, you do start to step outside of the four walls of the church. It's kind of a classic, almost cliche kind of thing to say at this point in our types of churches, right? Because we're like, you, can, you could be an effective businessman for the Lord. You could be a stay-at-home mom and, and rocket for the kingdom. You could do so mm-hmm. many great things without ever being a pastor. That's cool, but if you also teach everything's destined to just blow up in your face anyways. (laughs) And no matter what you build tomorrow or today, that it's all going to be burned down tomorrow. And there's, there's almost a hopelessness connected with it. You instill fear in people to where they, they, they lay a poor foundation very often in the fields and the mountains that they're trying to take. So even if that's just trying to reach your neighborhood, um, when you run into resistance, if you have fear, this understanding that it's all going to be for nothing anyways, you might give up when you do hit that resistance mm-hmm. as opposed to pushing through and going, no, I'm going to have a kingdom mentality. My king, my king says that his, there will be no end, end to the increase of his government. Yes. Now, whether that's before or after his return, okay, we could debate that, what that all looks like, but I only have one life to live. Yeah. And, and you talk about the difference between failure and regret. I, it, it's an amazing thing that you, you think about that. I'm actually going to take that from you. One of the many things. Much I'm going to keep eating yeah. it. Uh, bring it in. Bring it yeah. in? Yeah, bring it Is in. Is that Tr- good? Trust me. Yeah, you okay. want it this much. This. So uh, 
that's one of the things I'm going to steal from you, though, is the uh, is thinking about your actual last day on earth. And then when you get to heaven and the Lord is wiping away every tear because you see all the opportunities that were available here <laughs> and and he's kind of comforting you because you see all you could have done for him had you been whether obedient or whatnot. I think we basically sell ourselves so short and, and in turn sell his spirit in us short mm. because if we're more than conquerors in him, then when we lower our expectations based on what we think is going to happen tomorrow, that is giving the future to the enemy and then blaming it on God, wow. then blaming it on prophecy. And so I, I just see so much of that church and, and, and as people, leaders step into more of a kingdom view I think that's one of the first things that has to go is n- removing the assumption that things have to get worse. Might they? Yes. The world could end tomorrow. I don't know. But uh, if it turns out in 20 years that you were wrong, you are going to wish that you had built built a more lasting foundation. Mm-hmm. And and again, I know you have a heart for business and so I don't, I'm not preaching at you, but I, I love that as key, as leaders step into more of a kingdom mindset that's one of the first things from the old world that has to fall. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Um, in this idea of longevity, uh, you know, we are spirit, soul, and body. And a lot of times our soul, we kind of neglect it because it's not so spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, and Proverbs 14, 30, it says, a calm and undisturbed mind and heart Mm. are the life and health of the body. That's so good. I'll read that again because I just, I don't want us to miss it. A calm and undisturbed mind and heart are the life and health of the body. And I think this is not just trying to find that place when you're in trouble. Mm Mm-hmm but it's actually developing that kind of internal rest and state of peace and state of mind that we lead from, Yeah, you know? So, so I think an undisturbed mind and, 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 and a calm undisturbed mind, um, it's, it's, it's a place, it's a mindset, right? And it has a lot to do with what you're even saying, Mm -hmm. um, because fear is, is a spirit. You know, and God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Mm. Again, sound mind is the ability to reason and think kind of in the time of crisis. Mm. Um, so I, what would you speak over that area of like our soul? And, you know, some, some people are against the idea of balance, like what kind of balance was in the life of Jesus? You know, he, mm. he came and gave his life. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do we watch like our soul? How do we stay rested physically? You know, that's so good, especially for the long term. Right? Yes. So like, I think if you get the father's love message and you figure out how much he cares about you, you begin to think, well, maybe he cares about the world around me more than I thought too. And so usually again, like the sonship message and the father's love and all this stuff is connected with a bigger kingdom perspective. And so I think, it's funny how uh, in, uh, in a lot of our circles, the message of a renewed mind and taking care of your body, soul, and spirit all together and not just waiting till you die and 
your spirit man goes to heaven or whatever, but actually stewarding every part of who he made you to be well in this age right now is becoming a bigger and bigger priority. And usually um, one is connected with the other. So if you think the world's going to fall to hell in a handbasket around you, you may not consider yourself something to be taken care of as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like what's the point? It's all going to burn up anyways. But if we, if we take it as the good steward in, in Matthew 25 and we say, um, uh, I don't know, I could, I could, um, God forbid I could die tomorrow. I could be, you know, the Lord could come back or it could be a hundred more years that I have here on the earth to, to advance his kingdom. However long it is, I want to be able to say that I steward to the utmost my body, my soul, my spirit. And the only way I'm going to get to 120, I have so many friends that claim that verse, I'm going to live to 120 and I'm going to dominate for Jesus. But how many of them are eating right, exercising, um, uh, taking Sabbath, um, doing all these different things that do help reset you in the body and the soul. Mm -hmm. And they just think that the spiritual stuff will kind of push them through enough. So anyways, all that to say, uh, that's actually been a really important to- topic for me this last few years. Because yeah, you go to the gym. <laughs> I yes. don't. Yes. And I, I put guilt trips I, on I, you all the I time. Repent. No, no. I repent. But you got a good body for it. You could, you could jump into it tomorrow. Um, no, but uh, with, with exercise, whether that's, uh, for me, stretching was a big deal. I, I actually stopped going to go, I was stopped from going to minister at a church. I was late to minister at a church. I ended up missing my opportunity to preach and prophesy over a bunch of people in Russia because my back was so tight at one point. And I'm a young guy in decent shape that should not be happening. And so I learned stretching. Oh, all of a sudden I stretched and I was able to be freed up all the time to be able to go and minister. So it was no longer a hindrance. That wasn't the devil's fault. That was Adam not taking care of his body. And with the soul as well, I've learned that um, uh, actually enjoying hobbies, reading, games, relationships, valuing relationships in the same way the Lord does ends up being so big that like when we teach on the prophetic, um, especially two prophets, prophets can get so much their identity very often from their gifting Mm -hmm. and being the most gifted person in the room. It doesn't matter that they're completely lacking in social skills. (laughs) And so we, we recommend to them like get a hobby this, this really doesn't sound spiritual, but like find something to enjoy mm-hmm. outside of just ministry stuff. And, um, you know, there's lots of ways you could take that. I also wait on the Lord and meditate. I, uh, sometimes it's very spiritual. Sometimes it's very natural. And I'll explain if that's okay. Kind yeah. of what this looks like. So, um, like on, uh, the night before I left here, I was uh, at a hotel in, in Florida and I just sat for like 30 minutes waiting on the Lord. Uh, and, and as my mind would drift off to other things, I would just go, thank you, Jesus, for whatever it might be. And, um, and then it's almost like my heart resets focused on him. And I've noticed as a leader, when, when people call on me to teach, when people call me for advice or whatever, I'm, I'm in a sober minded place more often. And it's easy for me to focus because my mind's calm and clear, not just my heart. I could be led by the heart and have a great gift and all that. Praise God. But I also want to be in a place where I can think clearly that I've renewed my mind and the noise of life is shut down. Mm -hmm. So uh, sometimes that's literally just shutting, turning my phone off for 30 minutes or an hour 
and doing nothing but thinking about one subject, even if it's not a spiritual thing. But I need in the midst of the noise um, to calm myself and still myself. It says in Lamentations 3, I believe, um, in stillness, I found my salvation. I, I, I said, I will wait for the salvation mm. of the Lord while I'm young, for the Lord has laid it on me, and I'm going to bring myself to stillness in his presence. That's good. And if you can't do that, I've noticed that it usually is connected with like an anxiousness in your heart, in your soul. And that is not a healthy thing, not for the long term, especially as a leader. Wow, that's so good. Uh, We only have seven and a half minutes left. I really wanted to pull on your thoughts. You you teach on this so well. Uh, Kingdom mindset, like a church mindset versus a kingdom mindset and some of the differences. I don't know if you remember them mm-hmm. off the top of your head, but I'd love for you to touch on that because <laughs> I think it also deals with a wider perspective mm-hmm. and something that's ongoing and progressive. That's good. My wife, Catherine, always says like a lot of people have post-it note theology, so they don't realize how disconnected a lot of their thoughts are. And so like they have this thought about this over here, that thought about that. And I think like as you um, as you step into this revelation of the kingdom, of the Father's love, you need to walk through these different areas of your thinking, these different areas of your faith, and make sure that they're lining up. Not that they all have to be one giant, you know, congruent package or, you know, whatever, but you want to make sure that your belief about the Father's love lines up with who you are. And also the way you see the world around you. Yeah. So um, when we're talking about moving from a church mindset to a kingdom mindset, it's not an issue of salvation, but it is an issue of the way you see yourself, the way you see the Lord and the way you see the world around you. And so one of the things like we like to talk about um, in, in particular comes up in a lot of, especially people who come from like a conservative, maybe Pentecostal background or Baptist in some cases who are stepping into like a spirit filled context Um, one of the big things is that the pastor is not the pinnacle. He's not the pinnacle of Christianity. And so, you know, forgetting even moving into like a fivefold type of understanding of leadership and all these other things available out there and team teamwork and all this stuff. If you just start with something like that, it really, um, you, you begin to see the contrast sort of, uh, pretty clearly because you realize how many people, and you might have, I don't know how kind of what your, what your situation was growing up in church, but I know for, for me and for many believers growing up, you almost assume that the pastor is this super Christian set apart and that you can't, it, it's something to be, um, basically until you understand who you are in the Lord, sorry, that threw me off. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know if we had to change it real quick. So like, let me go back. So talking about the, 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 the fact that a pastor is not the pinnacle, um, in all, all kinds of religions, people look to a priest or a pastor to have a relationship with the Lord for them. And so as you step into a kingdom view and you understand who you are as, as a son and the access you have to a father, the more you need to get, the, the better you need to get at honoring. In fact, the word is giving double honor to those who are called to ministry, Mm. but the less you need to seek out a position to feel important to God. Mm -hmm. So before as a layman, you might feel under a church view that you need to be in a position. You need to be not only the pastor, but a senior pastor in order to feel important to God. 
but then you realize how valuable you are just as a son or as a daughter. And then all of a sudden the title is just icing on the cake. It's an extra thing, but it doesn't change who you are in him. Mm-hmm. It changes your position within the, the, the body. But we've noticed that, especially as people step into a kingdom mindset, that's one of the first things to go. Another thing is like the priority of advancement over order. Yeah, that's good. So like you, you hit on the, the um, passage about the loaves and the fishes, the parable, or not the parable, the, the, the story about the loaves and fishes earlier. And um, I, I love how you broke that down in our, some of our writing project earlier. Um, but it's fascinating to me that Jesus organized the disciples so that they would organize people in certain groups and then make sure it was all cleaned up mm-hmm. at the end of it. Yeah. So it's like in the midst of this stunning miracle no one had ever seen before, I mean, not since the, the manna in the Old Testament, really, he's thinking about organization and how import, important administration is. Mm-hmm. So in the midst of all that going on. But some churches forget that the organization, the administration is not the point of it. <laughs> right. And so they, they start going after the structure and making sure the structure is all in the right place. And so if you get into a church that's been around for a long time and that feels very dead, very often it's because they've lost sight of advancement, of going out and seeing the kingdom continue to move forward. And they've gotten good at organizing and wow. administrating what the Lord did 30 years ago. Wow. And so you see the same thing with people who only share testimonies from what God did 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's the saddest thing. And I'm, we should all share testimonies throughout our lives and share our parents and grandparents and all that stuff. They're all their testimonies for sure. But it shouldn't end there. Yeah. And so we don't just repackage what God did, but we need to think about what he will do. That's part of thinking long-term That's as well. Good. But those are, those are a few kind of the angles that we take when we talk about moving from a church mindset to a kingdom mindset. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. And it's progressive. Yes. Oh, my goodness. How do you not allow failures and experiences to become your limitation? Like, how do you stay fresh, you know, um, and not begin to limit God because you've kind of been ruined by Mm. something that didn't work once? Oh my goodness. Um, I think because like when you get the sonship message for me personally, this is the way it worked and it's, it may not look different for other people, but two things, feeling the great reset that I went through, in, in giving my life to the Lord and not like I was some crazy man or whatever, but like it was such a radical life change for me that now when I go in and I mess up, whether in ministry or, or even sin, I, you know, or like whatever, whatever kind of the issue issue mm-hmm. might be, I know I can go back to the good father. I know his goodness. And because I can go back to him and I know the great reset he did, I know that this one's easy for him. Like right. he completely made me new. And so I, I try to keep that in mind. Um, and then also as a dad, I, you're so good with your girls. I, I, I've uh, um, complimented you on that before just because you have such a good heart for your family. And um, as I've had kids, I've got three kids. When I see, when I see the kids, my kids as a father, um, my heart breaks to think. Yeah that they wouldn't want to come back to me right? after they failed, especially if they're doing, trying something for me. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so I, I just couldn't imagine like rebuking my son because he came back to me and he didn't come fast enough, you know, whatever. 
So I, seeing from a father's perspective and then knowing who he is as a good father has been the thing that has helped me reset over and Come over on. again as I continue to grow. That's good. So we need to learn how to fail up, not Come fail on. down. Come on. You should write a book about that. <laughs> Thank you, Adam, for joining us this week. Uh, we just ask you if this blesses you, ministers to you, share this podcast with uh, other viewers and listeners. We'll see you guys next month. <laughs>